You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what is your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns? Uh, just getting closer and closer here to the realization of an NFL season happening um, 48 hours from now. No, I'm sorry, 72 hours from now. We'll have our first games. Um, then we can get to, hopefully, Sunday. Browns at Baltimore Ravens, Locked On Browns, your only Browns daily podcast. Not only one of, obviously, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at, under, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself, at Locked On Browns. Joining me today at Browns Mock Draft, part of the OBR. Um, big, big, big friend of the show, as everybody knows. Uh, I'm going to sit down here today with Stephen Thomas. And, you know, as we get into, you know, week one, you know, our thoughts and just getting everything ready here. And obviously the excitement of it all. It's going to be an interesting Week one Sunday for Mr. Thomas, I've just learned. So we'll see how that plays out. Steve, how's everything going? And I mean, we've gotten ourselves to this point. Um, it's taken a while, obviously, but it's here. You know, we're starting to see that, you know, obviously not the finish line, but at least we're going to get to break the tape to actually start the race. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, I was looking back at my um, uh, 2020 season preview on the OBR from just last month, or, or I'm sorry, it was in July. So I guess now it's two weeks, uh, two months ago now. And it opened up with something about how, you know, we had no idea if we were even going to have a season and, you know, it didn't look good and all that kind of stuff. So just the, like you said, just the fact that we're here is that's victory enough. Let's just hope, you know, um, that we can get through it without any major shutdowns. Like I'd be shocked, uh, you know, with this many people traveling and, and this many young guys, you know, left to their own devices a lot. It's just something that, that happens. I'd be shocked if there wasn't something along the way where one team lost, you know, half a dozen guys, 10 guys for any given week or, or, you know, maybe, maybe one team loses an entire week or something like, that. I don't know. I mean, something's going to happen. The numbers just say that it's going to happen, but let's hope that it's minimized and that we get some semblance of normalcy. Um, you know, for Browns fans, normalcy is, <laughs> it takes on a different meaning than the other 31 fan bases, but uh, let's hope that uh, uh, any, any, any carnage or anything that you would, that the media would call is kept to a minimum. We can just focus on football. Uh, I've never thought that I would be as happy to be saying the team is going into M&T Bank Stadium and playing the Ravens as I am right now. Uh, it does seem weird to say, and uh, my apologies to the good folks at Rock Auto. Tuesday's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck will ever need, you need it, they have it. Trust me, rockauto.com. Um, now, Steve, now this is something we have always joked about, and I've always you know, enjoyed doing episodes with you right around this time of year, when it was going either into waiver wire weekend or... Oh, it's um, a fun time. You know, and even, of course, well, it, it used to be. Now it's now it's like you're like normal teams. Um, you know, and we, we were you know discussing on Twitter the other day about you know maybe Hakeem Butler and you know we're talking about wide receiver five or six and you know normally this weekend was man can we you know if we could really pull out a starting right tackle um, if we can get you know a, a pass rusher can maybe give us six to eight sacks per year hey, you know what else would be nice if we can get a safety who can maybe contribute four to five turnovers a year. This year, and obviously the way the league is right now, I've changed this weekend drastically, and there's no way around it right. because, you know, the timetable to finally get somebody into the building. Um, 
but it didn't really essentially matter. I mean, you, the Browns were in an instance, and we all keep talking about Donovan Alumba, you know, wherever he is going to end up or whatever. But the Browns, for once, were you know like a like an all shucks type of weekend. As like, man, we gotta let go of a couple of guys that we really think you know could be players down the line. And this has not been the case. Certainly, I mean, for you, for a long ass time. For me, yeah. certainly, since I've been covering this team in 2017, it's um, it, it's definitely. We flipped the script. It's we're talking about the guys that were shocked didn't make the roster, you know, rather than, you know, how come they didn't? I mean, I, I remember it was either your first or second year and it was Case and Williams. We, we had to get him or we had nobody to start <laughs> at wide receiver in week one, you know, to start and, didn't have anybody to start. I mean, it was crazy. You, everybody remembers. And this year, like you said, we're talking about. I mean, I was really shocked that Alumba didn't make it. I really, really, really was. At least the practice squad. I thought for sure he was. I'm, I'm surprised Willie Harvey uh, uh, still isn't around. Uh, a couple other guys I, I thought were going to make the 53 uh, that did not even make the practice squad. So, and it's a nice, uh, like you said, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice flip of the script there. But uh, the, the funny thing about it, and I, I noticed this, and I was as guilty of it as anybody. You know, we're all tweeting and talking and. Uh, all weekend as surprise cuts and and shocked that this guy did this and shocked that this guy did that in a normal year you and I as outside media members who aren't in the locker room you know we're educated guessing um, and we don't have all of the information from training camp and that's when we get to see four preseason games and there's much more access and everything else this year I mean can we really honestly use the word shocked I mean we saw not, I mean, nothing. We saw virtually nothing. Uh, and it, I think that that's even uh, more amplified by the fact that there were only, what, 15, 16, 17, I think, was the final team. number of yep. teams. The, the teams themselves didn't even have any new information and tape on the guys around the league. So they just stuck with what they had in-house, you know, in, a, in way more than they normally do. So we, I don't really know that we can say shocking. Uh, at this point, we have we have think we've you know people that have been there and said that so and so had a good camp like Alumba you know uh, and you know in the limited viewing that we got to do uh, he kept hearing his name and I you know saw him make plays uh, and Moffat the same way guys like that but did they really have a a great camp practice to practice play to play I don't know maybe they did maybe they didn't but my point is we're all in the dark um, way more than we normally are and we are normally way more in the dark than we want to admit so it was a fun weekend uh there was a lot of guys out there that were supposedly on bubbles that we would have been uh interested in uh as fans and 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 media type people we talked about a few of them but um you know in the end they're just going to roll with what they had for the most part and like you said instead of picking up starters I mean, you know, if Vincent Taylor and Joe Jackson give them nothing, like you said, they're, you know, he's edge five and, and the fifth or, you know, fourth or fifth defensive tackle. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a huge loss. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's no downside to it. Maybe they both come in and give us stuff we're not expecting and great. Awesome. We found diamonds in the rough, but if they don't, those are roster spots that are probably going to get churned three or four times over the course of a season anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it was still fun leading up to it. We all had the fun discussions and scouring the rosters around the league. And it's always a great week. It's a fun week because uh, there's so much possibility. But this year it ended up being kind of just a dud. It was like, 
you know, Tuesday. It was like the build up to Y2K. And then we woke up the next day and it was Thursday and we all had to go to work. So, you know, it's, it's pretty much uh, just just exciting to be in week one. Yeah, I, I think also, I, I mean, I wonder if there was also like more of the like gentleman agreement between 32 front offices. Like, look, the main goalie is here for all of us is to make money. We ain't making money if we ain't playing games. So look, you know, and you almost wonder if there was like the, you know, here's our real list and then here's our list because, I mean, whether it was A.J. Green and obviously a lot of teams were able to make moves and, you know, take back players with two, three years vested with them, put them on the practice squad. And I think it was just kind of like, look, everybody keep their own. We're only really cutting 11 anyway because we're going from 53 and another 16 on top of that. And the main goal here is, and look, I mean, you know, these franchises want to win, but the main goal here is to make money. So it almost seems like there was kind of like the wink, wink, handshake agreement. And it was kind of like, you know, this is who we released, but, you know, please just don't take Bill and Steve, but anybody else, if you want them, they're yours. (laughs) Well, you know, you're far more connected than I am. I can't speak to anything like that. But, yeah, I mean. Maybe they did. Who knows? Um, I'm just glad that, you know, uh, the biggest move was adding a guy like Ronnie Harrison, you know, uh, for, frankly, stole him. Save that thought, because we haven't gotten to you with that on that. So uh, we'll lead off here. Uh, Your next segment here. And it's great having Steve on. And this is the thing, because, like, Steve and I, I can just say, hey, can you come on? And we can, trust me, we can churn out a quality show like nobody's business, but we do have some things we got to take care of. Some more coming here with Jeff Lloyd and Stephen Thomas on your Tuesday edition of Locked on Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com now steve as you were saying and this was a coup and it's funny because the way things have been and you know every time something significant happens i'm in my car 20 minutes from home and literally (laughs) i'm I'm trying to navigate i'm trying to navigate the app because i had to go somewhere different i'm trying to get around some traffic and it's blowing up and normally with brown stuff it's like oh christ somebody got arrested Somebody at a D&D, or even with what's going on now, oh, great. Somebody was at a frat party. You know, we got a picture of them with their lips on a bong. But no, the Browns <laughs> joined the garage sale at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, can we take Rodney Harrison? Or can we take Rodney Harrison off your hands? Oh, sure, but we're going to need a fifth-round pick in 2021, which you guys have two of, in return. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, uh, I, I'm shocked. I mean, you know, and, and whenever you see something like that, I know our default is to go, okay, what's going on? There's something, there's something behind the scenes we don't know about. 
um, but based on his tweets and his attitude and everything, as, at least publicly, uh, it seems like there's something going on is on the team side. Um, he tweeted something the other day about it's nice to be somewhere where everybody has a unified vision. And I had to, I had to double take to make sure it was real. Cause when was the last time somebody coming to the Browns said that that's what they've said, leaving the Browns. Yeah, well, for one the other thing is, did he get to Cleveland yet? Has he gotten here yet? Is, is, is there, are we sure about this? Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, I, and I know we had this discussion online and, and pretty much online in line with what everybody else thinks at that price in their current situation, a no brainer. I mean, literally, uh, you know, please rubber stamp this, please. You're sitting there waiting for the approval from the league going, Oh God, please, 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 please. Cause I mean, it's a midday three pick. Like you said, they have two in that round or they did. Um, and he's a, a young guy at a position where they, they need somebody at the moment because of, you know, the injury situation back there. Yes. Uh, Carl Joseph, you've got Carl Joseph back there and you've got, uh, uh, Anderson, Deho, and everybody, but they're, you know, they're, they're placeholder guys, you know, unless Joseph you know, suddenly becomes far more or far less injured than he has been uh, over the course of his career. But at the cost of a fifth, here's how I looked at it. And I, I jumped on the OBR uh, cast with, uh, with Jared uh, last week, the night it happened. And I said the same thing. Let's say he's just average. He just gives you two years of average play, you decide not to re-up him in a couple of years and you move on and, you know, you either sign somebody else or draft somebody or something like that. At the cost of a fifth, you got two years of play out of him, but you do that every time. Now, I personally think he's going to be more than, more than that. I think he's really a good fit for this system. I think, I think he's going to blossom. He's 23, athletic as hell. Uh, they're going to be putting him in position to do the things that he does best. Uh, in this offense, and I think once Grant Delpit comes back, the two of them together are going to patrol that back end together for a long, long time. But, you know, even if that doesn't happen, like I said, he's just an average guy, and then he matriculates out of the of the building in a couple of years, it's still worth it because you've still got nine picks next year. Uh, it's a mid-day three pick. It's not even like it's an early fourth or anything like that. So I, I don't know how you don't make that that move in the Browns current situation at the very minimum you know he can learn from the older guys in that room and then and improve his game and so next year when everything's you know knock on wood gets back to normal hopefully his upward trajectory in the league can continue and 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 it'll be a crown jewel in uh Barry's uh crown of of thievery I mean that, that guy is stealing stuff all over the league at this point and if Harrison turns out to be even three quarters of what some people think he can be that's going to be one of the biggest jewels in Andrew Barry's crown. Um, well, and part of the thing with Harrison was, is there was the, these faction of guys and it was Jalen Ramsey, um, obviously Ngakwe, obviously Leonard Fournette. Ngakwe, not so much, but you know, Harrison coming from Alabama, Fournette coming from LSU, where year in, year out there in contention. Jalen Ramsey won a national championship at Florida state. These guys were realizing they were ahead of what was going on as for as far as before everybody else. They realized that the structure in place was not competent enough to get it done. Um, and then they just started to slightly tear away piece by piece by piece. And then you had these younger guys in Fournette and Harrison. And it was like, well, look, you know, let's do it now. I mean, you know, because God forbid I get good. You're not going to want me here anyway. But the things you love is he comes in, he's the biggest safety in the room, length-wise, size-wise, height-wise, 
And like you said, you're going into 2021 now where you've got three safeties who are probably keepers on your roster, a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick. It gives you the ammunition to go truly put some money at the position, whether it's first round, whether it's somebody in free agency, if you feel the need. But And this is what I love about what they do, and this is where everybody kind of gets caught up is and doesn't maybe understand analytics deep enough. It's no move is made for today. Every move is made with you know a couple of seasons in mind, and that's what you get with bringing a guy like Harrison in. And look, you talk about the fact they want to play a lot of nickel and dime. Well, guess what? You're looking for guys who have the size to maybe do things that a linebacker could do. There's not right. much difference between Ronnie Harrison at his size and Jacob Phillips. There's like almost like it's like minimal. It's like, you know, somebody had a bigger pasta dinner as far as that. <laughs> but the athleticism is there. The length is there. He can cover tight ends. And it just gives you another component into what you think the vision of this defense is going to be. And I'll be honest, this may have been a move they were in on regardless of Grant Elfitt. If they oh, could have yeah. gotten this guy for a fifth round pick, it wouldn't have mattered if Grant Elfitt was injured or not. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Even before, uh, and I think I said that uh, online, I said even before the Delpit injury, if somebody, if, they, if Jacksonville came to you with this offer, you jump on it. You absolutely take it without question. But especially afterwards, um, like I said, with the other people who were in that room, uh, it, it's absolutely a no-brainer. The, I, I, I don't know. And I don't think I've seen anyone against it I, I you know normally even the best trades you get people railing against it online and on the radio and that kind of stuff if they have been i have missed it this is one where like everybody in cleveland hell everybody around the league outside of jacksonville looked at it and went uh yeah it gives you that why didn't we place the phone call ourselves like you know and you know it's like okay wow i you know it's almost you know wow they oh so they were that drunk and it was just like everything is completely available, like everything, you know, and it was like the kid that used to live down the street from you and he was a nice kid. You weren't really friends with him, but like he'd give you the good baseball cards to come over and hang out. Like, you know, that's essentially where Jacksonville is at right now. And then they're trying to tell everybody, oh, well, we think Gardner Minshew is going to be a decent quarterback. Really? Because, you know, you're setting the kid up for absolute failure. He may throw for 4,500 yards this year, but he also may go 2-14 and 14, and this team is going to draft, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields, you know, whatever it may be, we are going to get in to actually, we're going to start talking a little Ravens here with Stephen Thomas here as we go into our third segment. Obviously, you know, we've talked about you know, getting to this point, talked about the, you know, finalizing the roster, the Ronnie Harrison edition, a little bit more here, obviously, with Mr. Stephen Thomas on Locked On Browns. Hey guys, I want to let you know about a new website that just lost on, launched on August 1st, Ohio versus everyone.com. The site covers all Ohio sports and pop culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cleveland Browns, the Cavaliers, the Indians, obviously the Reds and the Bengals, and, of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, uh, John McCafferty uh, wrote an article talking about players that are going to need to step up against the Baltimore Ravens for week one from a Browns perspective. Obviously, you know, that's a big one, and what we're going to need from certain individuals to hopefully, you know, make a win down there possible. And keep in mind, the Browns played them really, really tough last year. It's all your favorite teams, all on one site. And because they cover all the teams, they only bring you the best and most interesting topics. Check them out. Again, it's Ohio versus everyone.com. That's Ohio vs. everyone.com. 
Kyle. Steve, um, rolling down to Baltimore, and this was like the the weird part of last season because, you know, obviously first couple of weeks, the nerves were there and you know, the team wasn't playing well. And then week four, you went down and smacked Baltimore around in their own house, and it was just kind of like, all right, well, things haven't been too promising, but look what the hell they just did today. Granted, beyond that, it did not get so pretty. But you know, the rivalry is there. Um, you know, look, Baltimore is top dog in this division for a reason. But for the eight quarters last year that they played, six of them, it was close. And that second game in week 16, when the Browns were essentially down to trying to call me and you to see if we would come suit up, they were still <laughs> able to get them everything they could handle in 30 minutes. There's changes with Baltimore. Obviously, there are you know, you know, new pieces put in and, you know, and this, oh gosh, let me just get this off my head right now. Unofficial depth charts, just like you all want to bang the drum about what that means for Najoku versus Harrison Bryant. J.K. Dobbins is currently listed as the fourth running back on the Baltimore Ravens depth chart. <laughs> if you truly believe that's the case, have yourself another. Enjoy the rest of Labor Day, but uh, you know, wakey wakey, because tomorrow the, the bell's coming. Steve, going down to Baltimore, obviously, you know. The rivalry with them is different because of, you know, I guess the shared unification and the, you know, what one thing being once being the other. Um, but you know, it's you know, former league uh, you know, league MVP last year. It's it's a big one. I mean, look, it's always a big one within the AFC North, and maybe who knows? It could be a little different because there's been nothing else. There's been no confusion. There's been no distractions of other teams as far as preseason games. But here it is. Traveling on down to Baltimore. And talk about a team that are picking up a guy like Ronnie Harrison is a perfect fit as far as help, right? I mean, bingo. I got people all off season saying we need more linebackers because of uh, Lamar Jackson twice a year. We need more linebackers. And I would, would look at it and go, okay, I, I, I get what you're trying to say, but most linebackers that I know couldn't chase him down. That's not going to help. You need more hybrid guys. You need more you know, whatever you want to call them, the rover, the, you know, the, the, the box safety, you need more guys big enough to do, like you said, linebacker duties, but fast enough to chase that guy down. And that's, that's where a guy like Ronnie Harrison fits in. And last year it was God, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I was on a ship and we were in San Diego for the day. And I wandered into town to this little sports bar and watched them just take the Ravens to the woodshed. And it was so much fun. And we all thought, okay, they got the early season jitters out. They found their footing. And then, you know, we all know what happens next. And it, it's a tough draw, man. It's a tough draw week one in a normal year. But you add, you stack up all the other things uh, that are so unique in this COVID season. And I, I would love to be wrong, uh, but I'm with a lot of people out there that are thinking, you know, yeah, they, they have the talent to go in and do it, obviously, because they've gone in and done it. But I'm I'm hard pressed to to make myself believe that they're going to walk out of there one and zero this year. I mean, for you know, so many reasons. I mean, not the least of which, as much as we hate them, we want to say they suck. The Ravens are a damn good football team, and you know they they added a lot. The addition of J.K. Dobbins, like you said, good grief. I mean, you know, so it's great. So you figured out a way to stop Lamar Jackson. Now you got J.K. Dobbins coming downhill at you. It's they're a really, really good football team. Then you throw on top of that all the things the Browns are faced with in-house. I mean, in a normal year, 
new system, new coaching staff, you know, new pieces on the offensive line would be tough. Throw in everything that they've had to deal with with COVID and the lack of a preseason. And J.C. Treader's been hurt, so he's back, but what is he? And, you know, uh, Jedrick Wills is switching sides, and he's a rookie. And Conklin's new to the team and the system and everything else. So uh, while I think the, 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 all, the overall talent on the offensive line is unquestionably better uh, across the board, it's the one spot, as you know, on a football team where cohesion and communication and moving as one and being able to trust the guy to your left or to your right, as the case may be, without thinking about it, it's so important. And they just haven't had it. They, they haven't had the chance to do it in a game situation. And then you throw on top of all that, Stefanski himself has basically come out and said, hey, it's not going to look great until you know week six or week four or week eight, depending on who you want to believe this is a tough system to master. Yeah, they learned it, but to master it is a whole different thing. And you add all of those things up. And as much as I would love to be wrong, I just, and maybe I'll change my mind by Sunday, but I can't see myself picking them to go in there and get a win. <laughs> they're, they're just the class of the division at, at this point. And, and until you knock a team like that off their pedestal, they're going to stay there and deservedly. So I think the Browns can compete in this division, but the, with, if Roethlisberger is anything like Roethlisberger of the past, the Steelers are going to be way better than a lot of people think. And the Ravens, are I mean, they were won 14 freaking games last year, and I think they're actually going to be better. So it's, it's a tough hill to climb. I think they have the talent to compete. But the week one, I, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic. Let me put it that way. Um, and this is where they were going to be a bad draw. Um, the disadvantage of a team that can basically just come back and throw back out there what they did in 2019. Intact, right. And probably have great success with, with adding Calais Campbell, um, you know, with adding J.K. Dobbins, with adding some wide receivers. Right. So, you know, that is certainly the part that gives you, you know, the willies and the shakes kind of like you have a fever laying under the covers. That's, But in the same respect, nothing's been seen. Essentially, I mean, because right. we all went through it was great what the Browns gave us through training camp. We don't know the ins and outs. And then, um, you know, yesterday there was the example of the media was kicked out after five minutes and the offensive line wasn't there. Makes me think that JC Treader didn't return back to practice today. He may have returned back to practice yesterday, <laughs> but we're just finally getting visual evidence of it. And that's what you, you know, you're going to get. And I'm certain, and they're not going to be like, brash about gamesmanship because the way they view it is it's just right and if I can take this advantage and I don't have to give up something it, it you know I am most certainly not going to do that but the, and that's I think this is going to be a you know a, obviously a huge part of it um look Nick Harris you know he had a nice camp and again what we saw of it looked like you know he's understanding the calls all of that but you ain't looking to throw Nick Harris out here if JC Treader can go it's paramount because Absolutely. Nick Harris is not taking a snap on an NFL field yet. It's getting Treader here would be huge. And obviously, hopefully he can finish. Um, and we know JC's earned that warrior badge in his time he's been here. But mm. if he can answer this bell, that's big. That's really, really big. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the captain of the offensive line. He's, I mean, I, I said a couple of weeks ago they they were saying well, we, we don't know if he can be back for week one or not, and I was just like, if, if he can walk, he's going to play. You're going to have to kill him twice. Well, my thing was is I don't there. think he yeah. would have agreed to the surgery. 
And knowing what we knew about him in 2018, as bad Very, as the ankle was, yes. he would have been like, you know what? You know, I'll fight it out as long as I have to. And if it, you know, it turned out to be seven, eight weeks, 10, 10, 12 weeks, I don't think he would have agreed to the surgery if there wasn't a timetable from the doctors that said, we think you can go week one, especially because he also is the NFL Players Association president. I, th- I think you, that's a, a very solid point. Um, the, and Treader's, he's a real smart guy. And I'm sure, like you said, he investigated it thoroughly from every possible angle before he went ahead uh, and did it. And um, th- like you said, just the fact that he's back this week, he's definitely going to be in there, you know, unless there's some kind of relapse or something like that. He's definitely good. But what is he going to be? Is he going to be, you know, 75%? Is he going to be 90%? And, you know, how much of the rust is going to be knocked off? And I, it's like, like, like I said, cohesion on that offensive line. It's so it's tantamount. I mean, you just, you can't have five have to function as one, or it's just not going to, it's just not going to work. And in a brand new system with this many moving parts and JC coming back, uh, at the last minute like this, not that he hasn't been in the building, but you know what I mean? You can't, you can't uh, substitute for being in there with the guys. Um, uh, yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to kill him to get him out of there. Uh, but uh, will it be the 100% version of the offensive line that we want week one, right out of the gate? Mm, I would love to see it, but I have a hard time believing that that's what's actually going to happen, especially like you said, going up against a team like Baltimore in their yard. It's, it's just a really, really tough draw for a COVID season. I, I honestly think we're going to see a heavy amount of running the ball and it's going oh, to be there's cause we know what, this is what's looked fantastic to this point. And I think that's where they're, you know, and you know, as weird as it is, and it's great for Dearness Johnson to be here as his number three running back. And he may not have much of a role. He may get some carries on Sunday because their game plan is going to be number eight, stand the hell over there. And, you know, we know that this is the part that is working so far of this offense. So we're going to hopefully keep this going. Steve, any closing thoughts here as we start to put a bow on this one, my friend? Just excited, man. It's just it's nice to be talking about football first and then throwing in, okay, let's hope no COVID situation happens instead of talking about COVID for 90 percent of it and then saying, oh, God, please, let's have some semblance of football. You know, it's so it's so exciting to finally have something to look forward to. It's going to be weird uh, in the empty stadiums. It's definitely going to be, it's going to take some getting used to. Um, and uh, it's going to freak people out. And I think even with the pumped in crowd noise, we're going to hear some words that you're not going to want to be sitting next to your grandmother <laughs> when you hear them. Uh, that's just what happens uh, on, on a, any, any athletic endeavor, but especially an NFL game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but you know, we've been pretty simpatico all off season. I don't think anything in my outlook changes, um, with the obvious caveat, you know, of health and then hopefully COVID doesn't do anything crazy. Um, I think this team should compete for a wild card spot at minimum compete for one. I th- honestly, I think they should get one, but if they're not at least in the hunt until, you know, week 16, 17, something like that, I, I, I will be shocked. I will be very, very surprised because this team, there's some talent all over the place. Uh, and this year they're focused and together from the top on down from the front office to the coaching staff, to everybody in there. And like you said earlier, 
very few distractions this year of the normal uh, variety. So there's really no reason they shouldn't be able to come out and and win nine games, 10 games. You know, if the ball bounces their way for once in my lifetime, maybe 11 games and compete, you know. So um, my closing thought is this. I, I cannot wait for Sunday. I won't have my couch because I'm moving. I won't have my couch to sit on and watch with a beer like I wanted to, but I cannot wait uh, for Sunday uh, at kickoff at 10 o'clock uh la time because uh man we have earned this we have earned this not only this season and this year that the whole world has gone through but we've earned this as browns fans for them from the last five years and I, i'm excited for every single Browns fan out there for this sunday uh no doubt about it and it's just it, it, it's you know it, it's kind of like a reward for you know for most of us being good soldiers for six months like we have um so this brings us to this point um make sure you're following guys at browns mock draft um between Steve um, and Sobe and Jared and, of course, Jake Burns and Fred and all the great work done over the OBR. Make sure you guys are checking out everything the guys are doing just continuously day in, day out to pump out fantastic content for you all. Again, the show at Lockdown Browns. Uh, follow back account, as you guys know. DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, we're just going to continue to roll on through. As you guys know, we are day in, day out. If you're new that's great. I appreciate it. But we're here every day. Don't worry about it, guys. We are going to be here day in, day out. That's the way it rolls on Lifetime Browns. Um, put a bow on this one here. Um, and I appreciate Steve for helping me out here. I'm nursing through a, a fantasy draft, a million other things at the same time here, getting some damn work <laughs> done. But we're just going to continue to give you the best Browns coverage we possibly can here on Locked on Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things outbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.